Welcome to the Slipstream F1 podcast. Join us every Thursday for the preview show and every Sunday after the race. Welcome back to the Slipstream F1 podcast with me, Michael Robertson and Rob Hurst. In this episode, we review an exciting Hungarian Grand Prix where Mercedes sealed yet another double podium. Max Verstappen claimed an incredible 10th to 1st win and Ferrari whimpered home after a shambolic strategy course. Hey Rob. Hello. Mamma mia. (laughs) (laughs) Mamma mia. What can I say? Oh my gosh. Jeez, man, I gotta say that was was actually hard to watch today. Yeah, well, from my perspective, it was was quite enjoyable uh, seeing seeing uh, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell bring it home for, for the Mercedes fans is, is always a pleasure to see. And also, you know what? Ferrari, they, they have all the potential in the world, but I like seeing them failing sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the sick, sadistic it's like, side of me. But it's like I seeing think... Manchester United like lose, Yeah, you know, to yeah. in the FA Cup to like Woking <laughs> Town or something like that. <laughs> it's, there, there, there's a joy to it, but there's something so predictable predictable about it these days i mean i even called well, I, it last week uh, yeah. I, we were doing our previews and um i was watching the race and i i had uh, dstv was cutting out on me and i could hardly watch any of the race but you know it, it didn't even matter well you know for for a time though actually my my prediction was going quite strong with max mm. first charlotte claire second carlos Sainz third but it all just fell apart i i honestly don't know what the the strategists were, were thinking but we'll go into that in a bit um, yeah maybe if my blood pressure can tolerate it <laughs> jeez well the way we should probably start is by congratulating max verstappen on an incredible 10th to first victory uh, in budapest which is a track not known for its overtaking i was all over last week saying this is a track that you don't overtake you don't get anywhere and all i saw today was overtaking in some places on the track that i didn't think i'd see overtaking as well which probably means that the a couple of things it means that one i'm stupid and know nothing about formula one but two it means that these cars are just closer than we ever thought and the developments that they're bringing into the into the season are working along with the guidelines that the fi has set out and it's it's made what was a boring track a really really fun track to watch yeah yeah the, the the changes in terms of like cars keeping up with one another dirty air being reduced dramatically just to kind of fill in some viewers that aren't too aware of this it it really is showing it, it is extremely evident um we're also seeing that power is still also a huge factor if you mm. don't have the power in the straights you, you you're going to be nowhere you're yeah one of the things that i was thinking that that double DRS section that um, you have after the first, the, the long straight, the first the first DRS section and the second DRS section, I do think that what they could do to make it a little bit more interesting is probably have instead of it being you get sector one, the, the first the first chunk and the second chunk with DRS, maybe make it so that if you do pass the person on the straight, the person who's in behind you then gets DRS on the second straight, but. That's a because oh, it's a different zone. I mean, to be complaining about overtakes being too easy at Hungary is a good thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. very very happy about that. So I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth and just say that I was completely wrong. But Rob, what do you think brought Max Verstappen from tenth to first? It, it it could it couldn't just be. I mean, it was the same podium as 
in France. Uh, uh, Max Verstappen first, George Russell third, and uh, Lewis Hamilton second. What? Where did? How did Lewis Hamilton get there? Sorry, Max um, Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> well, but both well, actually, well, Lewis started in yeah, seventh position. True, true. That, that, that's that's incredible. Two cars that were that were from seventh backwards. One of them was actually in front of Valtteri Bottas, and he managed to make it past the first corner. Unbelievable. They did so well. Well, um, wasn't the main difference between qualifying and, and the race that Max Verstappen had a, a, a completely new engine? Um, no. Didn't he, didn't he have an engine replacement? Didn't he have a powertrain replacement? I thought Science took a powertrain. No, 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 no. no. Uh, uh, Perez and... Um, did he take one? Yeah, Jeez. Perez did. And also, I, I'm pretty sure Max did as well. He was having um, issues with, uh, with power in, in qualifying. And that's what resulted in poor qualifying times. As far as I know. You, you know what? You, you might be right, man. I've been off Instagram for a while. Okay. To, be, to be very fair. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if it doesn't say well, 10 place grid penalty, I don't really give a damn. So yeah. obviously it was within the allocations that they had. I think you might actually be right. Yeah. In fact, you are right because I told Nicole about it. <laughs> Today yeah. I said, hey, Max Verstappen's take. Yeah. You did. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the main difference in how he was actually able to get there. And also, you know, I've always knocked Max Verstappen in somewhere or another as being a cocky, aggressive driver, but he is honestly one of the best drivers on the grid. We all know that. That's mm. why he's coming first. That's why he's in the best team currently. But um, this race also was a good testament to how good of a driver he actually is to pull off all those amazing overtakes, to be so composed, also to have a mistake and come back from it nonchalantly do. Yeah. Like, to really handle it well was, was, was a really good indicator of how good of a driver he is. But he wasn't the only person that showed good, um, good levels of skill today. I mean, it, it came from so many different drivers throughout mm. the entire race in all different shapes and forms. And we can, yeah, uh, I think I think to see him, Lewis and Checo, in particular, just in terms of the guys who scored your your main points, really come through, and come fourth, a second, and a first from what was a uh, seventh, tenth, and eleventh is incredible. Twelfth, uh, yeah, twelfth. Yeah. I mean that just got yeah. no Perez was 11th it's fine we can we can, Ten. we can, we can backtrack this. <laughs> we'll just edit this out if one of us is wrong <laughs> pretty sure Perez was 11th though but um, you know it's it's a bit much to watch Ferrari struggle as much as they have but we'll get on to that a little bit um, later what do you think was the key factor in Mercedes claiming another double podium during the race. I mean, cons considering their qualifying positions as well, George, you know, he qualified first. At one stage, it was it was really good for the British flag. In, I mean, just, just in terms of how strong they were, I think up until like yeah. lap 15, in the top five, you had Lando, you had Lewis, and you had George comfortably there, deservedly there. Yeah, and and so. the, those silver arrows, they've, they've brought the upgrades, but they are looking so composed, and they you, they're just getting the points. They're ticking that box over every single time, and getting second and third two weekends in a row, you're destroying Ferrari. Yeah, and those are your huge. guys that are just right ahead of you. So, yeah, I mean, and and you know, arguably, you could say that Ferrari's in a way better car than um, than Mercedes, and in all ways, shape or form, except for maybe reliability and um, maybe a bit of brain power. But um, <laughs> honestly, they, you know, what, okay, so what the question was, what made, um, what, what, what brought them to that time, uh, to that place? And the only thing I can say is really good strategy. They can, their car is consistent 
and Lewis Hamilton and George Russell in my opinion are the two best drivers on the grid by far I I, I would say way further ahead than uh, Checo Perez I would say way further ahead than um, she's who's another good rival I mean Lando Norris obviously I would even dare to say better than um, Carlos Sainz in a lot of ways and you know what uh, yeah okay no yeah. I, I, what, what, I, what see, I see no I, I see where you're going I, I, I do I think they definitely have the two trump cards in terms of drivers if, if you had to look at it in terms of ratings and cards eight out of ten uh, you know teams fives out of 10, if you had to rate them out of ten they've got the best package yeah. in terms of overall driver ability there like if I had to take a, um, a Red Bull for instance I'd give Max a 10 easiest 10 of my in the world yeah Perez a 7 but I'd give Hamilton and George both a 9.5 out of 10 yeah so you, you can trust both of those guys to put it on pole put it in second make sure the car comes home you can you can just trust them but yeah. I, don't, I don't get that same feeling from Checo. Yeah, he's a good driver, but uh, I don't have that same. I don't have that same undying belief that this it, this is the guy that's going to take us, uh, take the team with us to the next level. Science, I, I, I feel he's got a, a more level head. I think him and Leclerc work well. I'd, I'd probably say they're both nines out of ten. But I, I would definitely say that they've got, without a doubt, the best driver pairing without a doubt yeah and they just finish every single race and they finish it strong uh, Hamilton got the fastest lap at the end of the race he did yeah he did it was a 121 something very good very yeah. very good and that's um, in, an, uh, in an evolving track with you know a, a l- little bit of de- I mean he was on the softs at the end which he was sure yeah. low fuel so he had a lighter car but yeah slightly better strategy coming forward you're still at the end of the race um, you're tired you're 38 39 i can't remember how old he is but he's he's not a youngster anymore this this guy's tired in the heat to be pumping this in you just got the most reliable crowd ahead of you but also it was nice to see uh toto fist pump in yeah jam in i'm on camera again (laughs) somebody cares about me actually some interest back in toto (laughs) i was hoping for some cool little voice clips that we could use again i know right (laughs) Just as Netflix got in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Yes, thank God. <laughs> Petronas is staying with us for another 25 years. This is great. But, um, you know, I, I really do see a future for them. I think going into the, going into the break on a high, I, th- I think does a lot for you. Because you can go into, you can go into the break like uh, Ferrari. Uh, sorry, like, like uh, Mercedes who are high fives all around thinking, guys, we deserved our holiday. This is great. We're going to come back stronger. And you just, you've got that little bit of sense of momentum. Yeah, they've got so much momentum. Or you could be like, you know, maybe maybe a Williams. Or you could be maybe along the lines of a, a oh, Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, so much for my Kevin Magnussen prediction <laughs> of second. I guess it didn't do much. No. Um, or you could, you could be like... Uh, to, to keep um, talking about the, the leading pack, you can be a Ferrari who... Mm are in deep trouble yeah you, you know you go you go in there thinking guys every week this is happening you know you, you start falling out of love with your job if i had a, a job where i was going thinking oh what are these people doing every time i come here i don't have the faith in these guys the same amount of faith in these people that i did when i started do they really have my back you know you're looking around at seats that maybe start opening up 
not necessarily an Aston Martin, but um, if, a, mm. if if Checo were to if Checo were to decide, you know, he was calling it quits. Not that he ever would, because he's too young. But you have a reliable team that might have a spare seat. People would think otherwise, perhaps. I think I know there's a lot of allure with driving for Ferrari in particular. But if it's the same disappointment over and over and over again, something's got to give. Yeah, no, something does have to give. The and you know, I was I was listening to um, Charles Leclerc. It was like a, a brief um, pre pre race uh, interview, and it was basically just like Charles, how are you feeling going to the race? Uh, what what do you what is your strategy? And I I his answer was essentially like we're going to put pressure on George Russell and we're going to try come first. That was literally his answer. There was nothing really more to it. There was no understanding of, oh, the weather could play up and we could actually potentially have to go on to like inters or slip or, or wets or we're going to stay on the slicks or there was, there was there was nothing coming from that. It's almost as if that his team strategy and his team in general has given him no real thought or insight that he can actually give nothing back because it's almost as if like there's no real energy in the Ferrari paddock at the moment. Mm. I think that and like I think that that's leading on to um the driver's um mental state and we also have you know charles leclerc is supposed to be the number one driver we have carlos Sainz out qualifying him we have carlos Sainz being more consistent of a driver arguably a better driver now, and also a probably better being, strategist for that yeah as for, well. for that matter yeah like um better than the ferrari strategists exactly. in many times telling them no i'm not i'm not gonna go to plan e we're gonna do exactly what we need to do so yeah um morale is low they have a great team they have a great set of engineers they have a great car it's just you know whether or not they're gonna piece it all together at the end of the day yeah no i i completely agree and it's it's getting to it's getting to a point where i think it's especially from an investor point of view from a fan's investment from a from a probably from a business investment point of view you know they put a lot of money into that team and i'm probably going to go on a little bit of a, a rant here but I think Ferrari need a turnaround and Mattia Bonotto has to force Ferrari to look at itself much stronger than it has. You know, if these results are quite frankly embarrassing to anyone affiliated with the team, especially considering it's the fastest car on the grid, the strategists in particular, if they are to blame, need to be taken by the ear and said, what is going on here? Mm. We've given you the cars, we've given you everything you could possibly need here. The car seems to work, it's gotten to the end of the race. And yet, we're going to plan C, D, E, F uh, with, with Leclerc, Leclerc, for goodness sake. They, they could see there's evident data there saying from, from both Alpines yeah. and Norris yeah. showing that this hard tire stinks. Yeah. So why take your lead driver, somebody who is competitive, stick him on the tire that doesn't work on a, a track that's clearly not coping well with it, you know this 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 has to stop and it's going to it's going to get to a point where something's got to give and there's going to be an explosion somewhere mm. and you don't want that for what i think should be the best team on the grid no you know? definitely not it's one of those things talent talent uh, sorry what is it uh, hard work always beats talent if talent doesn't work hard yeah and right now they seem like there's an element there that just isn't working as hard as the other teams with potentially less talent uh, yeah. in terms of their yeah. machinery. But 
I think that's that's enough. That's that's enough Ferrari for one day. Ferrari right? bashing, yeah. Oh, jeez. All right. Take it easy. <laughs> All right. Uh, looking looking further around the grid, it is impressive again to see Lando Norris finish as high as seventh. Con- considering the uh, car he has, there are limitations to that car. Qualifying fourth was outrageous in that in that car. Uh, it's no secret that his that the car is slower in race pace than in qualifying, but he does seem to be able to keep things together much better than Daniel Ricciardo at the moment, who finished 15th in a after some, shall we say, spirited racing with uh, Lance Stroll uh, in yes. turn two there. Uh, I guess, do you think that Daniel Ricciardo is in the same league as Lando? Especially considering the upcoming vacancy at Aston Martin that's presented itself from Seb, uh, Seb leaving. Do you think that Daniel is in that same sort of category as Lando? No, I, I, I think that at this stage, I don't think he has the mental capabilities in order to keep up with, with Lando Norris at this stage. I think the car is not doing any wonders for him, not doing anything for his confidence. And, you know, the fans have also just been beating them down left, right and center that it's also it's just getting to him so it's either he's going to have to move to another team which is what he's done before which also didn't really work out for him at all um no but um and you're in the twilight of your career really when you start getting into your your 30s 30 33 33 so he's still relatively young He's, he's, he's yeah. pushing it. He I mean, okay. Vettel's Lance 35 and he's just... Uh, Vettel's 35 and he's just retired. I, I suspect Vettel's going to come back. I do. I think so. Nah. I'd, you don't I'd, think so? Nah. I think he's like family oriented now. He's done. I'd bet my, I'd bet my house on it, to be you very would. honest. In fact, I, I, have to, I have to make such an apology. You know, we release a podcast and the first thing I do is bash Vettel. <laughs> well, yeah. And What did you say? Oh, uh, nothing. I, I said he'd been useless uh, ever since he uh, joined Ferrari, uh, yeah. or something along those lines. Which, you know, obviously, it isn't completely true. But he's been a, he's been a real advocate for the sport. I mean, um, obviously, <laughs> it was a little strange to see that the next day his retirement drops, and yeah. then he puts out probably the most heartfelt video ever. I'm there with a tear rolling down my eye. I I'm thinking, oh, watched man. it. I I. I I saw it as in black and white, and I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. But if you want to watch a really good way to say goodbye, that's that's just the perfect send off. I okay. I briefly saw it in the pub on Friday. I saw I saw it on like <laughs> the Super Sport. Um, uh, what's it like preview after the mm. the, the W series was happening? Mm. It was like a, a thing that came up. I didn't I didn't get to hear it, but I just saw it, it looked very cool. What what he, what he basically touched on, you know, I think with the amount of effort that you need to put into the sport. Yeah. I promise you Latifi's working his ass off. Yeah. But you have to put in a crazy amount of effort to just be the best. And this is somebody who was the best of the best. Yeah. So to put in all this effort, time away from your family, you know, time away from things that you might otherwise want to be doing like he has beekeeping on the side. He he's really interested in you know preventing global warming or saving the environment these are things that i think when you hit your 30s you just you're just a bit fed up with working if you don't have to work and he wants to see his family grow but he also um put in things like you know my i like the smell of fresh bread i like chocolate 
I'm a bit annoying. You know, just reminding you that, hey, I'm just a normal guy. He's a human. They're all humans. They're not superhumans. I, okay, for some reason, though, I still think that Max is a bit of a robot. I, <laughs> I don't know if I could ever have a conversation <laughs> yeah. with him directly <laughs> and walk away from it not feeling uncomfortable. I, I would feel uncomfortable, I swear. Yeah, I would. I would definitely. I don't think Max has that same sort of EQ, but you know, he yeah. he could surprise you. Like, but um, I, our friend Jamie in the pub on Friday said yeah. that if I were to go to Lewis Hamilton's house, no, first let's start with Max. If I go to Max's house, I'm not going to be greeted at the door. I'm going to kind of walk in. He'll be sitting in the corner, looking very weird, and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton, on the other hand, will kind of greet you at the door in like a kimono with yeah. this dog next to him he'll offer you a shot of wheatgrass yeah you might go for a run <laughs> I, completely yeah no, that's that's exactly what um that's exactly the difference i think but that also i think vettel might have had a, a stage where he might have been that laser focused in but now yeah. that he's got all these other things that make him enjoy life so much more outside of f1 yeah if you're not winning i mean no, just, look just just get out of it it makes sense but he's also got he's set um, for life really yeah he's super set for life and now he can enjoy his family but a lot of these drivers they they have that itch they have that they have that want for a bit of adrenaline so he might do something he might it would be good to see him get back in i wouldn't be surprised if he he's like a test driver he's been he's been contacted to do a couple 12 hours here and there it'll probably be more environmentally based okay i think i think yeah i don't think he'd be racing no i think (laughs) i think you'd see vettel do um invitational uh things Mm. you know maybe uh 24-hour le mans something along those lines where yeah but he'll do it where he can still have 90 percent of his time focusing on the things that he enjoys and the you know foundations he's starting also i don't think he wanted to be part of an aston martin team sponsored by saudi arabia's biggest oil company i know yeah seems a bit conflicting to me yeah but um you know i i think that with that that seat coming available there are a few people in the running uh for that aston martin seat Bartas. Nah, Bottas is sealed in. But, but do you think? Yeah, Bottas, Bottas even said like he was hinting at going there. Nah, nah. He there was a press conference just before the uh, before qualifying, and Bottas quite frankly said no, oh, contracted, really? not happening, buddy. You know, I should stop just reading headlines. Nah, don't don't get into the clickbait. <laughs> but um, Alex Albon, he's a he's a bit of a forerunner for there. There's a few guys who make a bit of sense. It would probably be between Albon and Mick at the moment Mick okay. going up to a team Lance Stroll uh, will be most likely against all rational reasoning becoming the leader of the team as a number one doesn't yeah. mean it's good for the team but he most likely with his dad's influence and the general culture there become the number one and Mick would be able to be in a number two uh, seat for that car but he'd then be able to challenge more in the midfield and sharpen his teeth mm. just that little bit more if Aston Martin's trajectory with all their factories and aero centers that are being constructed on not too far from being uh, finished as well as far as I believe if they're on that trajectory you want Mick going there as opposed to lingering with Haas who might just have a, a good season this season and then be terrible next season yeah. so he's got some moving around and contemplating to do because he's not going to get a Ferrari seat even though he's part of the Ferrari driver program. And uh, it doesn't look like any other seat will open up. Gasly, I don't believe, will be in the running for that Aston Martin seat or the um, Ricardo replacement. 
it all just seems a little airy-fairy. But going into this summer break, um, I'm not sure if you know this, but this is where these transfers really start taking place. So yeah. we'll probably figure out, I, I reckon, we'll find out at least two driver uh, swaps or turnarounds within this next uh, month so that they can start planning for next year did straight the, away. Did the George Russell uh, Mercedes transfer kind of happen at this time? It was... Well, like discussions were probably in place or happening. I think they already agreed that uh, a little while ago, but they, they were yeah. supposed to. It was always said like they're going to uh, let us know by Belgium, which is usually after the summer break. And then last year he came across with the most unbelievable Q, uh, uh, sorry, um, P2 qualifying yeah. I've ever seen. Uh, that I mean, you should you should have been at our house for that, dude. Jumping up and down. In fact, uh, <laughs> I invited Rob over to watch that race, and we sat at our house, <laughs> my house, for about four or five hours waiting for the race to start, and it just never started. Because it was this? rained out. Belgium, last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I do remember <laughs> We even that. went to the park because yes. we were so sure it, it nothing happened. was going to yeah. happen. Yeah. A real, a real farcical kind of uh, uh, race. But, you know, nonetheless. So, seeing as it is on the verge of... Well, we, we're in the summer break, I guess, as, as of today. I... Wanted to ask you a few questions, just just regards to the uh, just to kind of wrap up the season so far. Um, obviously, it gives all teams uh, about a month to relax and get away from the hectic life, but it gives us a good chance to reflect on what has happened so far. So, I just want to know from your side, your three most impressive drivers so far, and your three least impressive drivers. But we'll start with your. In fact, we'll go like this. I'll you tell me your three most impressive, and then I'll I'll go with my you know three most I impressive. I want to start with my least. Okay, yeah. sure. Go for I'm it. Start with my least. I'm just gonna say it off the bat because I'm sure everyone's thinking that Nicholas Latifi. He's he's definitely my least impressive. Um. <laughs> he was first in FP3, buddy. <laughs> cool. How many points has he scored this season? What has he done in any actual Grand Prix? I might get a Nicholas Latifi tattoo no, of that not, date. Dude. Just etch no, the date <laughs> on the back of my leg, man. <laughs> so Nicholas Latifi, I'm sticking mm -hmm. to it. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, Lance Stroll. I would say that those are three of the most unimpressive for me. Yeah, I think there are others that do compete, but and maybe I'm being a bit too hard on Daniel Ricciardo because we know how great of a driver he can be. Mm. But based on that, I would say he's been the least. Lance Stroll is definitely... yeah definitely like um tied for last with nicholas latifi uh yeah. it's sad to have two canadians <laughs> yeah. in 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 a in a in a group of three worst people out of 20 two guys from the same country just suck yeah but it's, yeah I, I mean i've gone for the same uh, two of the same as you i've gone for latifi i mean okay. he's, he's been he's he's not he's not had a good run in that williams he actually no. won the F2 Hungarian Grand Prix, the feature race, two years ago, three oh, years really? ago. Yeah, uh, so he's like he's a decent racer. He, yeah, all of these guys. When you get to that level, you're incredible. Yeah, no, they but they're all superhumans. There are levels of how good you are, and he he's just not there. I, I think that this will be Latifi's last year in Formula One. If they if they know what they're doing, they might just say, "Look, thanks, Nick. You've been great, but it's time to leave." Danny Rick, you're not wrong. He's been well under the weather and i think you can see it in his he's he's not got the the same he's not got the smile of someone who's 
confident. He's no. got the smile of somebody who was, you, you know, almost like you're holding back tears whenever you have to smile and say, no, I'm staying here. Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe you are. But listen, sunshine, there's no guarantee, actually, because if you've got a a hot foot like Lando Norris, who's able to get the best out of the car and you're just there's only so long you can make uh, excuses for the guy. Not to say he is an incredible driver. Um, I'm going to go back on what I said earlier about Sebastian Vettel being pretty good and say that he's also been one of the worst drivers of the season. And I didn't choose Lance Stroll because I know what Lance Stroll is capable of. For and real? it's not what Sebastian Vettel is capable of. So Sebastian Vettel... So what are you and, saying? That Lance Stroll is less capable than Sebastian Vettel? I think the majority of the thinking world would agree with that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, okay, unfortunately, so Vettel... Off of... I mean, so did I also basically. Yeah, off of, off of uh, what, what's potential. capable. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's just... It's it's been it's been a good time to call it and call it now before you have another season where we have to feel sorry for Vettel again. Just mm. you've sent it off the best way, but unfortunately you you've you, you've run you've run your course, and I think he feels it, and I think we can see it. I wonder, um, you know, I wonder how someone like Daniel Ricciardo would perform in if if he were to say go back to Red Bull or even perform at or race at uh, Ferrari. How would he perform? Do you think it would be more or less the same of what we're seeing now yes or maybe even a worse comparison say say he's in a team with charlotte claire charlotte claire's crushing it daniel ricardo is coming worse worse than sixth imagine then that would be a true indicator of how good of a driver he is at the moment and you know a lot of people were bashing hamilton last season right based on oh hamilton just has the fastest car that's why he's always coming first but i think people start blurring the line between skill and mechanical um relevance or car relevance Mm. as soon as that person is not just consistently winning same now goes with a person that's in a team that's not consistently doing bad do you think that if he was in a better seat it would be a completely different story or maybe a worse off story I don't think that Daniel Ricciardo would be able to better himself because I don't think the confidence is there. But mainly, I don't think that this this new era of cars does not suit him. Yeah. He excelled in the previous versions of where it was a very aero downforce uh, package. This is all ground force, ground effect. It's a completely different way of doing things. It's, it's like um, surfing and sandboarding. You know, you, you, you're on a board, you're doing something similar. In fact, it's almost identical. But some people are just going to have slightly different benefits to either category. Mm. And he's, he's behind the young guns at this point. And I think if you're going to be ruthless at this sport, you have to be in it the entire time. Yeah. Otherwise, you snowball backwards as opposed to uh, snowballing forwards. And I... I don't think it would. I don't think it would help him uh, at all. No. Okay. But interesting. It, it would be. It would be lovely because he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. And I, I hope that I hope things turn around next year for him. But I just I can't see it here. Yeah. But who do you think has been the most impressive uh, this season? Okay. I can't immediately just say Max because it's too easy. It doesn't count. So I'm not going to put him in the top three because it needs to be the most impressive. 
the most what's the word um well like astonishing astonishing yeah okay so i would say i'm i'm very astonished by george russell mm. i think that even though we knew he was a good driver going into the season i think he's really showed his chops so i'm definitely going to put him on the list in no particular order um then i'm going to say hmm I'll say Lando Norris because he is proving to be a good driver consistently now. And then I'm going to say... Hmm, Alonso. I don't know. I've just always been too much of an Alonso fan. Maybe that... <laughs> yeah, it's a nah, long... Maybe not Alonso. Yeah. Not Alonso, actually. I take that back. He's been okay. He's been okay. So we got two people? Let me think about my third one. You he, get back to me on yeah. that, Rob. So I've gone for impressive Max Verstappen. Okay. First of all, uh, he's finished every bloody race. Yeah. Pretty much, barring like one or two, he's come from tenth to first in a track where you can't really overtake that much. He's just he's just been as flawless as you can get. Yeah. And I think with a car that isn't the fastest, he's ki- he's killing it. He, he's he's doing he's doing you, what the teacher said. The teacher said, "Go to your homework." He said, "Okay," and he went and did his homework. He, and I find that incredibly impressive because the same way Latifi is consistently at the back, he's consistently at the front. Yeah. And but, always there. But you know, you, you can't knock the car. The car is very quick. The car is extremely quick. So is the Ferrari, mate. Yeah, but now it's, now it's a difference of driver. Now ah. it's a difference of liability. He's doing the right thing. Yeah, he's he not spilling. I've, I, I've got him down there. George Russell, absolutely yeah. agree with you on that. And Lando Norris, I do feel it's nice to see that the the most impressive this season seem to be the younger guys for both of us and the other guys uh tend to be on their way out i mean robert it's the it's the old guard making way for the new drivers and that's that's great to see rob last question here in all honesty wait, do you wait, think wait, we, we still need to figure out who my my other third is for astonishing driving all right make something up quick buddy Jeez. just wait <laughs> I can't say Max because I already said that he's too good. I can't put him on the. I can't, I can't put him on. I'll, I'll then say Carlos Sainz. Okay. Rather than Charles Leclerc. He's definitely. he's been he's, he's been, been really good. Yeah. He's been really good. You can't deny it. I and would I, think, I would agree. Yeah, and I I think he's actually done um, a lot of surprising. Well, he's surprised a lot of people. Yeah. So you're going with those three? Yeah, that's those, those are my picks. Good on you, mate. Uh, last question, if you don't mind. You okay with that? Of course. Great, great, great. Uh, in all honesty, do you think that Ferrari can come back after the summer break? If so, what do they need to do and what needs to happen? There's nine races remaining, which means that there are 225 points available if you were to win every single race. And there's 162 points available for second. I can't add those two together. Uh, off the top of my head but that's a lot of points that sounds like, like a lot sounds like a lot of points Robin to bridge the gap between if, if you're Charles Leclerc and you're trying to catch Max Verstappen you have a deficit of 178 points to 258 that's almost 100 points by now if Max doesn't stop winning he's going to have this sorted out by Austin Texas he's, he's going to have it wrapped up very very soon yeah and we don't want that no. So do you think Ferrari have, if they go do all the soul searching in the world, do you realistically think that they're going to be able to come back from this? Yeah, realistically, I, I can't count them out of the race entirely at all. Like they have the drivers, they have the car, 
they just need to bring it all together at the end of the day they just it, it's as simple as that but whether or not they can do it is a different story but they have so much potential that they can definitely bring it so i can't say to them they're out they're screwed they're definitely not i think that they can really rally great i think that they can also rally but it's it's going to take more soul searching than i think any of them have ever come to terms with it, nobody's overturned a points deficit like this in the history of formula one especially with the competitiveness of the cars the upturn of fortunes that mercedes have had sure they're not as fast as ferrari but they're there in the mix and they're taking points away from them every single time that they finish ahead yeah red bull aren't aren't caving they just got to finish at this stage they really do it's a long race but so long as ferrari stays in the momentum that they currently have they're in trouble but if they come back after the after the summer break and they get three one twos in a row i think they I, i think they're 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 probably back in the fight yeah i i still think there's a lot of fight left in them They've they've already got the taste for for wins. They've already drawn blood. Blood is in the water, so they they're still hungry, right? Um, I just think that they can't let the pressure get to them. But it is make or break at this stage. If mm. they don't, if they don't crack it, what's the next uh, Grand Prix that's happening? Belgium. Okay. If they don't crack it in Belgium, then it's going to be a downward spiral. I think. Yeah. I think that that's then done. it's going to be emotionally draining and. Then we start yeah. talking about the battle for second, really. Yeah, exactly. Between Mercedes and, and Ferrari, and I think that's going to be a lot more interesting. Just just to hammer home why I don't believe this is possible, they've had only one instance where Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc were on the podium together this entire season. Yeah. And that was the first race of the season. Hectic, yeah. And Every the other, other, other races, someone didn't, didn't finish, or... Uh, just poor strategy but i i, I want to actually ask this in the french grand prix um um charles leclerc he he spun out and he 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 didn't finish the race and then we had a, a lewis um george on uh, on the podium um but now is this race the first race that both ferraris have won but mercedes have have trumped them without them spinning out or you know failing on their own negligence do you understand what the, what the question is both ferraris have won sorry finished sorry uh, finished the race so both ferraris have finished the race they didn't have technically any faults but both mercedes but both mercedes, mercedes them. trumped them i can't say yes with all the confidence in the world yeah but i would not be i would not be surprised yeah it's that, just, it, a, it's it's just a absolutely i mean that that just shows you where this is going yeah it shows you one team in uh, in the ascendancy and one in a clear descendant uh yeah. fashion yeah but all we can hope for is good racing everybody comes back refreshed maybe some upgrades and the rest of the season is as close and competitive as possible i, I just want to say one thing yeah, yeah. I've, I've got another racer that i just want to kind of throw in the mud a bit sure. uh yuki sonoda I'm sorry, but I, I I don't understand at this stage what, what what's happening with Yuki Tsunoda at all. Um, does he have rage issues still that he's just not like 
caring for 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 what his team is saying or doing or why and also i don't know you get Maybe you get a couple Tari. no you get a couple of chances in formula one he's contracted i think into next year i yeah. could be wrong on that um yeah i think he's contracted next year as well uh so he has another chance next year but he's definitely struggling with the car the same way gasly is but that that alpha Tari is a dog you know you, you would you would think that it would be the opposite because of them being a sister um, team to red bull i don't understand what 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 makes it have such a vast discrepancy in tech obviously yeah there's budgets so you so you've got fender guitars and you've got squire well there we go which one you're going to take on stage buddy yeah but you can you can perform worldwide for a squire with a squire but you're going to pay more money for a fender yeah but you know I, I, I do I do get I do get your point. You but they're, I mean? they're they're different cars. Yeah. Um they, they share they share a lot of parts, but they're 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 different companies in 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 their own right. And they don't share all their parts. They have yeah. their own developments. They're not the same drivers. They don't have all the added bonuses that come with being uh Red Bull. Yeah, fair, fair. You know, you won't have the same I, engineers, you won't have the same team putting things together they'll they'll be paying the big bucks at red bull to make sure that they have the best car the best development of course you didn't really want to split that fund the, the, those funds right but at the same time i would expect them to be doing way better with the pedigree that they're actually coming from because no other team is really related like directly related to another team as red bull and Alphatari are right compared to um for example um, Williams, what? right? Williams and Mercedes. Yeah. You would never expect them to be, if, if, if from an outsider's perspective, for them to be remotely related in any way, right? But they, they, they are. They are, yeah. But, but from an outsider's perspective, you'd really see them as two separate entities. But if you were to look at Alphatari or even when it was Toro Rosso back in the day, it would still be seen as, oh, they're basically the same kind of... I, th- I think the branding, the branding the branding says it a lot. The branding yeah. says a Maybe lot. Maybe coming at it from, you um, know, from a basic It's a bit simplistic. It's a, yeah. But, but yeah. That's, it's not to say it's, it's strong. They share a lot of parts, but I, it's they, they share enough parts to be the sister team. They're just owned by the same bunch of guys, your helmet Marcos. Yeah. They, they own the two teams. It's, it's, but, they, but they operate completely independently yeah. of one another. But uh, with regards to Yuki, I think he's going to be questioned very hard going into the driver market now and we'll we'll see what happens nothing's nothing's certain in uh formula one but rob that's uh that's all we got for today mate i think it was an interesting grand prix in total uh it was fun i I think it was great i enjoyed it really did yeah we super shocked it was i in my opinion mercedes won mercedes won that day yeah definitely hats off to mercedes yeah in fact anybody who was able to overtake on that grand prix well done to everybody except Ferrari and Esteban Ocon. I think I think we can say that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. There's just not enough time in the world for me to talk about that, to be very honest, without crying on this podcast. Yeah. But guys, um, join us next week for our weekly Thursday podcast, where we'll be introducing a couple new games uh, for Rob. I think it'll be a little bit of fun, make, get some laughs and giggles here. And we'll hopefully take uh, a little breather from the stress of being a Ferrari or Formula One fan just at the moment. Please make sure that uh, you, if you do listen to our podcast, that you give us a follow 
and if you can leave us a review we'd be very very thankful and appreciated uh, a lot otherwise if you wouldn't mind uh, following us on instagram and our twitter handles at the split stream f1 podcast on both you can follow me the real sweaty mike and rob you can, you can follow me at rob uh, rob andrew Hurst. that's what i have done yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure so just, yeah. just 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 making sure <laughs> but uh on a serious note thanks for everyone that's tuned into our plucky little show so far we look forward to bringing you more shows and continuing to enjoy this little ride with you all all right rob say goodbye buddy bye buddy bye